Good morning, everybody. It is good to be with you uh, wherever you are, whenever you are. If you're watching during our morning gathering at 1030, I want to welcome you. Or if you're watching at our later 630 gathering, I want to welcome you as well. Or if you happen to be watching this on YouTube at a different moment during the day or the week, we're glad that you tuned in. We want to welcome you to the community here at Vineyard Altoona. My name is Evan Kephart, and I'm the Campus Ministries Pastor here at Vineyard Altoona. And I'm excited to bring you a word from Scripture today. But before I do that, I want to give you a little bit of an update on the campus ministry front. And that update is, there's not a lot of things to update you on. COVID-19 has been particularly hard on campus, and it's hindered us from doing a lot of things that we would normally do. And so um, I've been able to have very sporadic contact with students through Zoom, thank goodness, um, and also a couple of events before they left. Um, but students have gone home for Thanksgiving, um, and, and the school has decided not to bring them back uh, until early to mid-January, I think. And so um, students are away for a little while. So the request that I have for you is that as students are at home, sometimes home is more challenging than being at school. Sometimes there's not a stable internet connection, and we never know exactly what kind of a family life our students are going home to. And so I want to ask you to be praying for college students um, and for their situations, that they'd be able to focus on their studies and that, that God would take care of them wherever they're at. So would you, be, would you please be praying for college students? Uh, and the second request I have is that we really want to do our best to take care of our college students. And so we're asking for a few families to help us out by sponsoring a student. And what that means is, is if you reach out and contact me, I can give you a name uh, and tell you a little about a bit about one of our students. And we'd love for you to assemble a care package for them and send it to them, maybe with a little handwritten note encouraging them and some gifts that, um, that might um, light, lift their spirits during the holiday season, especially as they're away from school at times when they would sometimes be here. Finals week is coming up, and so that's particularly challenging. So if you want to sponsor a student, please reach out to me. Um, you can email me at ekepart at ccojubilee.org. Um, so if you want to get a hold of me, please do that, and I would love to do that. And on the flip side, if you're a college student watching this right now, we love you, and we want to take care of you, and we want to encourage you and support you in whatever way we can. And so you also should reach out to us and, and let us know how you're doing and what ways we could be praying for you. And, and, and send me your address, and I'll send you a care package. We'd love to get something into your hands to help lift your spirits around the Christmas season. With that being said, I want to move into our, uh, our message today, which comes from the book of Mark in chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you can turn with me there. This Advent, we're working through a series titled, How Long? And, and what we're talking about is the longing that the Israelites had for the coming Messiah. And, and we're looking at that longing that they had and examining how that relates to our own longings for Jesus' return. Because they were waiting for the Messiah. We know the Messiah has already come in Jesus. But now we anxiously await his return. And so last week, Derek talked a little bit about hope and the role that hope plays during this Advent season. And today, we want to talk about preparation. And ask the question, what does it look like to be prepared for Christ's coming? What does it look like to be prepared and how do we prepare ourselves for Christ's coming. Well, I can share with you that it was actually incredibly difficult for me to prepare for this message. 
when when Derek first asked me to be a part of this sermon series, I thought, yeah, that's awesome. I love Advent. I love everything. Preparation. I got a ton of ideas for that. But when I sat down to write, I realized my heart was not prepared to write a sermon. You see, many of you know that I just opened a sandwich shop in downtown Altoona, and things have been going really, really well. Praise be to God for everything that he's done to help me along the way. But the truth is, it's a lot of hard work. Um, it's a lot of early mornings, being in the shop, getting things ready. And and I've, I've become exhausted just doing those things. And, and I've lost my focus. You know, for the past five years, I've been doing ministry and I wake up every day thinking about the gospel and the kingdom of God and how do I help advance that. And this is a huge change of pace for me to now be working full-time in food service. Um, Or not full, full full-time, but it feels like a full-time job. And so as I've been doing that, I've lost focus on the kingdom. And, And it was in prepping for this sermon that I really realized that of like, man, my heart is just not where it needs to be. What's interesting is that story, the story of getting distracted and exhausted and losing focus, is actually also the story of the people of Israel time and time again. And we're going to see that a little bit here in this passage in Mark 1. And so with that in mind, let's pray together and then let's dive into the passage. So Holy Spirit, come. Father, I ask that as we dive into your word today, that you would be present. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. May my words disappear and may your words flow through me. May this be all about you. May you receive glory, honor, and praise. And would you ready our hearts to hear your word. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. So I want to read this passage once through and then come back and walk through it verse by verse a little bit. So starting again, Mark 1, chapter, or excuse me, Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 1, titled, John the Baptist Prepares the Way. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. I want to stop there and just hone in on these first five verses of the chapter. Starting right there at the beginning. You see, when Mark was writing, he didn't have section titles. It wasn't titled, John the Baptist Prepares the Way. No, no, no. People went in and added those later on. And so the first words that we read here would be the first words that Mark wrote and would kind of be his title. Let me read it again. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, this is, this is kind of a jolting first sentence, or it should be anyway. When I, when I was thinking about this and reading this, I was thinking about, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I don't know if any of you are big Star Wars fans, but I am. 
And, and to me, this reminded me of the opening of the Star Wars movies where it's like, it's just quiet and it's dark and then and you're like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? This is so exciting. And then the, 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 the opening credits roll up and you're like, oh, this is a new story being told or, or the continuation of a story we know. And that's kind of what Mark's sentence does here. He says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is an important thing that he's saying. He's saying the beginning of this story about Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God? Not just any old person on the street, but the Son of God. And there's a couple ways we can understand this. First, we can understand it as the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the story of Jesus Christ, the or excuse me, the message that Jesus Christ is bringing. It's the beginning of the message, the, the good news that Jesus Christ brought to the world that he's come to save people from their sins. Or we can understand it that Jesus Christ is the good news, the beginning of the gospel, and the gospel is the person of Jesus Christ. And so Mark is, is weaving some things together here to really almost, I think, jolt his readers to go, wait a minute, this, this, is, this is important, this is interesting, and kind of ready us for the story he's about to tell. Moving on into verse 2, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, Mark takes an old passage of scripture, actually two old passages of scripture from Isaiah and from Malachi or Micah, I forget exactly which one, but he takes these old passages of scripture and uses them to point his readers to the story he's about to tell. And, and so as we look here, there's a messenger that's coming to prepare the way of the Lord. Okay. And so he's, he's, he's using that to say, okay, this messenger is John, okay? John is the messenger, and the message is the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, okay? So he's taking this old story and helping, he's using it to help prepare his readers for what is coming up, okay? And so, and, and the, so John is the messenger, excuse me, lost myself a little bit there. John is the messenger and the message is a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay. And, and where does this all take place in the wilderness? That word is used a couple times, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Okay. That's in, in verse three. And then in, again, in verse four, John appeared baptizing where in the wilderness. So the wilderness is connected here. Okay. Now again, we're taking a story from the Old Testament, which is actually a story that has repeated itself time and time again in the Old Testament. Think about all of the times that the people of God have been drawn out into the wilderness, starting at the very beginning of Scripture with Adam and Eve. When they sinned against God, God banished them from the garden into the wilderness east of Eden. 
So at the very beginning of all things, the people of God were taken out into the wilderness. Okay. Again, God calls Abraham to go to the land that I will show you. He calls him on this wandering journey. And then again, much later on, after um, the people of Israel have been in captivity in Egypt for a long time, God calls them out of the land of Egypt. And after their disobedience by not going into the promised land, he takes them out into the wilderness so that he can teach them a lesson, so that he can help them understand what it means to be the people of God. And, and much later on, a um, little bit of biblical history, much later on after um, the, the people of Israel do end up settling in the promised land and they build a great kingdom and that kingdom gets big and, and David is the king for a little while but then and things are great, but then they go downhill and, and the people of God begin to forget the story that they're a part of. They begin to forget the God who brought them where they are. And so as they start to lose their way, they start to split and faction and, and God carries them off into exile to the land of Babylon. Again, takes them from where they are out into the wilderness so that he can reintroduce himself to them so that he can prepare them for what he's going to do next. And that captivity to Babylon is actually the context for this passage that Mark used earlier, that, that where Isaiah was speaking to the people of God, preparing them for the exile to Babylon. And so you see, time and time again, God uses the wilderness to prepare his people. He drags them off into the wilderness where they're free of distraction so that they can remember who they are. They can repent of their ways and turn back to God and that he can once again use them for his purposes. I had an old pastor that used to talk about this, um, the word repent. And what does it mean to repent? You know, a lot of times... Um, we have all these different notions about what this means, but he would say repentance is literally a turning around, that we're going one direction, and, and to repent is not just to say, oh yeah, sorry, I did that, my bad, but it is to turn ourselves around and go the other direction. This is what John is calling the people to, and this is what Jesus calls us to do, to turn from our sinful ways, following our own desires, back to him and go in his direction. This is the call of scripture is for us who have become exhausted from life in a broken world and, and we, we begin to lose track and, and focus on all sorts of other things and the call of Christ is to turn ourselves around and to go the way of the kingdom once again. I want to close with a thought from the restaurant industry that I've um, been diving into. I've always loved cooking and everything that comes along with it. And there's a term that is used in the culinary arts, and it's, it's called mise en place. And I, I'm not quite saying that right, but um, the, it's, it's a French uh, phrase that's used to describe putting everything in its place. It's the translation. And so many of you have probably done this like I have. You decide to make something and you start reading the recipe and you start frying some onions and you go to get the garlic and chop it up and you realize you don't have any garlic or, or you don't have the, you know, something you need for the recipe and you realize, oh shoot, I'm not ready to do this. 
And so this, this term, miso en place, is to, to do all of the preparation first before you begin cooking, to put everything in its place. So we get everything out, we do all the chopping, we're, we're ready to go. And then we start doing the cooking. And this is something that I have to do every day in the restaurant. This is something I go in early in the morning because I have to, to, to cook bacon or um, cook chicken or um, stock up the different pans of ingredients that are in the, in the cooling table. Or I have to soften the butter so that I can spread it on the bread without ripping the bread to pieces. And, and the thing about this preparation, it's not something that is one and done. I didn't do it when I opened the restaurant and then suddenly we're good to go. No, I have to go in every morning and, and do that prep work. And I don't have to do all of it all the time, but I have to look and see what is missing or see what needs done and then do that work. And this is work that is done over and over and over again. You see, friends, just like the people of God, we are prone to wander. We are prone to leave the God we love. And so every day, we must do the work of examining ourselves, of looking at our lives and saying, what's missing? Where have I become exhausted? Where have I become distracted? And, and the work is not to fix yourself. The work is not to say, ah, oh, be better. But the work is to say, Father, I have sinned. I've, I've, I've turned away from you. I, I'm no longer focused on your kingdom. I repent, Lord, turn me around. And, and, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we turn our lives towards the kingdom and we move in the direction that God is calling us. Friends, this is the work that we have to do to be prepared for Christ's coming. Christ came to rescue us, to begin this process of transformation, of repentance. But this is a process that happens every single day. And so every day we, we repent and we turn and we long for the coming of God. And friends, Christmas, Advent is a yearly reminder for us to be about this work, to remember that Christ is coming and that we must repent and be ready for him. And so I pray that today you will allow Christ to show you the areas of your life where you need to repent where you need to acknowledge your, your brokenness or where you have become exhausted and distracted and cry out in humility, God, rescue me and point me again towards your kingdom. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit can do this for you and help you into a better understanding of his kingdom. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are patient and loving and kind and that though you call us to the daily work of repentance, of preparation, God, that you do not leave us to do it on our own, but that you have granted us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, show each and every one of us where we are to repent and to turn back to you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.